Welcome to the Humanity Podcast. I'm Adam Williams. I've been watching a sci-fi show on Hulu called The Orville, and it's got me wondering what Google knows about the prospects of parallel universes, the multiverse, and, well, the like, whatever that means. I don't even know. Could they be real? And that got me thinking about the size of the universe that we are part of, which I also had to look up to even understand that basic idea, because I had absolutely just no conceivable guess to even make, how big is the universe? The answer, 93 billion light years in diameter. Okay, now I still have no conceivable guess to make about what that even means. I just, I can't fathom it. I mean, what is a light year? I asked Google. The answer, one light year is 5.88 trillion miles or 9.46 trillion kilometers. That's based on light traveling at a rate of 186,000 miles per second. Okay, nope, still no idea because every bit of this is inconceivable to my imagination. Distance, light, and year which equates to 365 days or so of time in my mind that just don't make sense together. How is the rate of light and what we look at as the number of days that equal a year, how does that equate to miles in distance? I don't know. My context for speed and travel consists of ideas like this. I'm thinking that the furthest I've ever walked in one day is probably somewhere around 15 or 16 miles. The furthest I've ever run in a day is somewhere around twice that. The furthest that I've ever even driven in a day is probably around 1,100 miles. And then if you even throw in travel by train or plane, I can't get into any proximity of imagination on this light year thing. The Milky Way galaxy is believed to include 100 to 400 billion stars within it, and it stretches around 100,000 light years in diameter. The universe is thought to be filled with at least several hundred billion galaxies and as many as two trillion just in the observable universe. Our solar system of planets rotating around the star that we call the sun is just a tiny, tiny speck of a piece of the Milky Way galaxy, which is only one of hundreds of billions of galaxies in the universe. It's just mind-blowing. So a line of curious questions that I've carried and long been amazed by and maybe a little bit mentally bent and and distorted by is how can space be infinite? And if it's not infinite, then how can it be contained and by what? And what is beyond that boundary, that edge of container? It just breaks my brain and it's very difficult to envision those possibilities. So to revisit the idea of the vastness of space recently, it was a reminder of how little space we as earthlings and humans, let alone as individual beings, occupy in the big picture, the big scheme of it all, how little our individual ripples are felt in the universe. Yet our ambitions and our anxieties, our squabbles with ourselves and with each other, and our just everything consumes us. It drives us, derails us, defines us to us, not to the universe. I don't think that the universe needs us. We need us, we need each other, and we need the universe, even if we can't possibly imagine it 
and all that it contains and all that it is. But then I think, well, if we can't imagine being connected to our neighbors, how can we begin to understand our connection to that big, vast universe? In Moby, a documentary about and by Moby, the legendary musician and, at least to me, bogglingly diverse and innovative artist, he says, what's more interesting is, at least to me, is the why of it. The why of everything. Why do we do what we do? Our very short lives quite possibly have very little significance. As far as we can tell, we're in a universe that is vast beyond our imagining, ancient beyond our imagining. But yet all of us generally work from a place where we think that our actions have meaning, that our lives have consequences, and that if we do things in a certain way, if we do things in a right way, that our lives might somehow be better. We think, if I had legitimacy, if I had some money, if I was recognized for what I did and who I was, and if I was esteemed, happiness and meaning would ensue. I think that a lot of us still work under those assumptions that if we do the right thing, if we have the right existential portfolio, if we have the right people, the right amount of money, the right home or homes, the right job, the right amount of recognition, then everything will suddenly make sense and we'll be happy and we'll live for a long time and we'll die contented. There's one huge problem with that though. That's never actually been the case for anyone. It's almost like we assume that it's not true for everyone else, but that if we figure it out, like if I figure out my perfect existential portfolio, I will find perfect human happiness. But I tried, and it didn't work. Most of my days, and I dare speculate yours too, are spent in self-absorption about what's going on in the hyper-immediate vicinity. My work, my family's schedule, the to-dos on my plate, the hassles and the hopes, and where my work will lead me or not. I don't consider myself to be a selfish person, and yet in a larger context, I am focused on my own existence, so how can I or we not reasonably conclude it actually is selfishness? In a universe that is ancient beyond my and Moby's imaginings, physically vast beyond Moby's and my imaginings, 93 billion light years of existence in all the unfathomable forms, and my brain is focused on me and mine. All who can fit within the square footage of a family four-door passenger vehicle, never mind the vastness of all that exists, perhaps infinitely, outside those car doors. So my mind focuses on me and mine, and your brain is focused on you and yours, and sometimes, maybe we're focused on a shared us and ours, yet even that is just so, it's so infinitesimally small in the scope of it all. With that frame of self-oriented mind, I've had experiences just few and far between that have made me pause, just breathless and grasping at recognition of how amazing the universe is and how I would do well to let go of my tiny, tiny self in the flow of it all. Living in the mountains like I do and frequently spending time out on trails and out in the wild, I often pause and look around to take in and, and wonder how these lands came to be and just feel the gratitude to be among them. On a larger and rarer scale, I had one such just heart-pounding, perspective-shifting experience as a tiny being within the unimaginable universe. This came during uh, multiple nights of witnessing the Aurora Borealis. If you have never seen that in person, seen it live, the Northern Lights, it is so much more awe-inspiring than photos and videos can capture. That's because those are done with long exposure images, those photographs are, and they make the sky appear somewhat static, and in a sense just smoother and richer and deeper in their colors. Those images also give the impression then that, that the sky just sits in this vibrant 
splendor all night long and just for months on end. And that's not actually so. And while the experience of them is different to the naked eye in real time, that means getting to experience these ephemeral moments never to be truly duplicated. It's just a breathless, truly a breathless experience of awareness and presence and this beautiful smallness. Watching the northern lights, watching the colors come and go, created by the movement of solar winds, they appear in varied displays and they're similar but like snowflakes individual in their patterns and movements. The colors aren't necessarily as deep and rich as shown in photographs, like I said, but they are no less magical to behold. When I got to watch the Aurora Borealis while in northern Iceland, I saw lights just ripping open the dark fabric of the night sky, cascading down or washing across the sky like a theater curtain, moving laterally across, across this vast stage. It was a dance at times, something magical. It could occur in multiple sections of the sky simultaneously with separate events, sometimes running headlong into one another and sometimes forcing me to keep my head on a swivel in attempts to follow the flow and the action and the movement in multiple spaces at once. At times, the performing lights would dissipate as suddenly as they would arise. And then I'd wait in the cold, dark hours of the night, afraid to go back to bed, knowing that I'd miss limited opportunities to witness this ancient phenomenon if I did. Such rare experiences, such beautiful reminders of the vast more that lies beyond our grasp, and such scientifically studied facts as the universe reaching 93 billion light years across, they can feel daunting and diminishing of our worth. But I don't feel it that way. Instead, I feel liberated by this awareness. We give too much weight to ourselves, to our beliefs, to our identities, job titles, money, cultural and political beliefs to our social bonds and perceived differences, all of that is what's not significant. Moby said our very short lives quite possibly have very little significance, but I don't think that that means our lives don't matter. I think that means the things that we collectively obsess over, like identity politics, wealth, fame, career success, illusions of scarcity and competition, and just all the things that cause us to feel anxiety, depression, anger, fear, conflict, disconnection, a lack of empathy, and and on and on. I think those are the things that are not worth our energy, and they are what has very little significance. I'm not interested in making life worse for myself or others. I'm not interested in that narrow, microscopic view that so egoically presumes that we are the universe around which 93 billion light years of existence that we can't even comprehend, it must revolve. It's an arrogant, petty illusion to think that all of that revolves around little me. And I think it's a waste of the lives we have and that we share, that we are connected in, to behave as if that is the way it works. It's freeing to know that if our lives are almost immeasurably small in the universe, then we can choose to make life what we want it to be, rather than fit into the human-made constructs that currently are the ways that we define our days, our days and years and decades until we die. This is how we measure our existence in a universe that is ancient beyond our imagining, as if it revolves around us and our wants and needs today. Where is our humility? We can choose to make existence enjoyable, comfortable, equitable, creative, supportive, healthy, and vibrant for not only ourselves, but for everyone. That is a choice we can make daily. We've built systems, official and unofficial, that support all these negatives and support the illusions in our lives, but they can be torn down by choice. The universe or multiverse does not care about our systems and illusions. 
and our illusion of systems. It knows the truth. It is the system, the natural be-all and end-all that will prevail and carry on. The universe is so vast as to render us insignificant, powerless, except over how we use what little time we get to have this experience of being. We could feel awe at what surrounds us every day, northern lights or not. We choose to turn away in our all-consuming self-absorption as individuals, as humans, I feel like certainly as Americans, as all the identities that we myopically claim. In recognition and acceptance of the truth of my insignificance, so-called insignificance, I feel liberated. I feel equipped to practice the letting go of my tiny human illusions of self-importance. That truth is not cause for me, or I don't think anyone, to stop the creative work that we contribute. It's cause to believe all the more in it, to permit ourselves to immerse in it, to believe in its value as contributing to a reduction of suffering by ourselves and others, suffering that is unnecessarily fabricated by ourselves and others. My past work in marketing, for example, might not have contributed to the well-being of myself, my family, or humanity in any real, meaningful, spiritual, universally relevant way. My creative writing and poetry, however, in my publicly shared conversations of humanness and connection with others via podcast, my artwork, and so on, earn me less cachet and cash in the systems that we've created, but they stand a far greater chance of rippling meaning as the, quote, insignificant speck of dust that I represent in this universe. Here's another go at that. Let me try a little more concisely to say it. If my work has no meaning to the course of the universe, then it might as well have resonant meaning to the daily well-being of me and those touched by me and my work to make our lives more harmonious. You know what I mean? If my work has no meaning to the course of the universe, then it might as well have resonant meaning to the daily well-being of me and those touched by me to make our lives more harmonious. I'd rather contribute and perpetuate more joy and less suffering than more ego, more anger, more fear, hate, self-obsession, more flow with the ease of the universe, less human-created drama. That, to me, is endlessly rich in significance. I'm Adam Williams. Thanks for listening to the Humanity Podcast. And thanks for however you might be sharing it with others, through word of mouth, social media, by rating and commenting on it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you can. Remember, we're all Humanitou. I think all we've got to do is stay true to that. Stay true, stay human. Let's stay Humanitou. <music>